Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kuninagel podcast series, Shipping Insights. I'm your host, Sarah Vollmer, Vice President of Global Sea Logistics Customer Engagement and Events at Kuninagel. You and I are about to embark on an exciting journey through the world of sea freight. I've been fortunate enough to have a front row seat to this industry's ups and downs over the past two decades. Now it's my pleasure to bring to you the latest developments, innovations, and solutions in this dynamic industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just curious about logistics, get ready for enlightening conversations and expert insights in our latest episode. Let's dive into the fascinating world of sea freight together and welcome our latest guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Kuninagel's podcast series, Shipping Insights. I'm your host, Sarah Fulmer. So today we're here to talk about um, a region that seems a bit underrepresented when it comes to discussions of the global sea freight, sea logistics market. So with me today, I have a very special guest, Matthias Blan. Matthias, say hello to our listeners and give a little bit of info about yourself. Hi, Sarah. Uh, nice to talk to you again. And uh, thank you very much for, for having me here with you. Um, yes, uh, a little bit insight about me. I'm the regional uh, SVP for Sea Logistics in South and Central America, and uh, I'm basically taking care of all our operations uh, in the region. So, yeah, I'm very happy to talk with you about uh, our region, something, as you say, normally is a little bit underrepresented in the global scale of trade. But uh, let's see if we can change this and uh, yeah, have an interesting discussion. Well, let's unmask it a little bit, right? And I, and I wonder if that's some of the, the prejudices or, or whatnot here for talking about it. I think maybe there's a lot of people don't understand the Latin American market um, as much as they would say the European market or the North American market. So let's go ahead. Let's jump into that. So why why is LATAM as a region, why is it so significant in the in the global scheme of trade? I think it depends a little bit. Um, probably, you know, we always have a focus on, on, on the very big trade lanes, Trans-Pacific, uh, Trans-Atlantic, Far East, Westbound. And uh, Latin America is a little bit more of an, as you may call it, an exotic market, uh, so to say. I think it uh, has a certain importance for certain trades, especially uh, agricultural business. We have a lot of reefer business in the area. But um, yeah, it's a very specific business. And as you say, often people are feeling a little bit hesitant uh, to get really involved in the, in, the, in the Latin American market because we are known to be a rather more problematic market than, uh, than other markets, which are very, very straightforward. And I think that uh, that is what's all about finally. Okay, so let's let's let's. I, you said something, right? So problematic, right? So could you expand on that a little bit here? You know, why why would you say that the Latin market is more problematic than some of the others? I think it's a little bit the the reputation we are having. Um, you always read a lot of uh, about uh, Latin America in the news. Um, we are facing, yeah different situations day to day. There's a lot of political turmoil in, 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 in the region. Um, 
I think the, the, the landscape in the region in regards to transport often is complicated. You know, take a country like, like Colombia, for example, if you want to move cargo from Cartagena, Buenaventura to Bogota, it's a, a two-day transit through the, through the mountains. So, you know, there are always things happening and, and uh, every day there is, is something new. And we probably do also not have the necessarily infrastructure, as, as you may know it from Asia or from Europe, where you have fully automated ports, where you have rail linkage to all the ports. So infrastructure-wise, I think we are a little bit more, 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 more complicated than, than other areas. However, having said this, I, I think uh, this does not really um, apply to Kühne Nagel. I think we as an organization have a very, very strong organization for many, many years in, in South and Central America. I think uh, we have very experienced people. And if you look at our offices, I think our offices do not have to envy any other Kühne Nagel office uh, in the world in regards to standard setup and, uh, and to the people we are having. Okay, good. So other than agriculture, what would you say are the most important commodities, whether it be export or import for the region? I think it depends very much uh, on the country. Uh, if you look at South and Central America, it of course covers a huge and, and vast region with a lot of uh, cultural differences uh, among the countries and also different development uh, states in the different countries. You look at like a like a country like Brazil, which is uh, very much industrialized, Colombia, which is also industrialized, but then you have other countries which are very uh, agricultural or often very, very mining-based. You know, looking at Peru and uh, Chile, for example, in Chile, 50% of the export products are, are, are copper-related products or, or, or copper as such. So um, it depends on, 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 on each country and the same happens to imports. You, you, you mentioned about imports, for example, if you look at the traditional business into Chile, generally it is very much retail-driven uh, imports, while if you probably look at Brazil, which has an automotive industry, uh, you have a lot of automotive and more industrialized business than you have in other areas. And then basically you have countries like Ecuador or whatever, uh, which are very agricultural, banana export driven. So um, it, it makes a difference. It's very difficult to, to have a, a, a common rule or standard uh, for everything. But that is also what it makes uh, finally interesting. I would say so. That that's quite a quite a wide range, and you didn't mention the the you know the Caribbean at all either here on that. So even even a more diverse um, point of view, right? Um, here for this. Yeah, exactly. I think if, if if you look at the Caribbean, you for example have a lot import wise a tourist business, hotel business. Um, we have special products designed to this in regards to to our event and hotel uh, logistics. Um, and export-wise, Caribbean, uh, especially the islands, of course, is, 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 is a little bit tricky. They, they have very special export products, which may depend on, on every single, single area. And then you go to Central America once again. You have a, a very agricultural-driven uh, product base, but you also have countries like Costa Rica, for example, which have, uh, especially interesting for the U.S., uh, a lot of medical equipment, medical devices, and uh, and pharma industry actually uh, being there. So there, there, there really is a hub. And uh, yeah, I said again, uh, I think that that what what makes the the region so diverse. But I think uh, in the diversity also, finally, is this what what it makes so interesting. Right. I did not know about Costa Rica. So thank you for that uh, point of knowledge or that nugget there. 
So one thing that you often hear about, especially, you know, in the media, it has to do with kind of the currency fluctuation and the impacts of inflation. I, I mean, I think globally here, especially in the last year, year and a half, we've all been talking inflation. Uh, but it's something that really affects LATM as a whole. Could you give me a little bit more information on that? And then, you know, how does it then affect the, the supply chain activities? Sarah, I think that you have a very interesting point. No, I think inflation in the in the last months or, or, or last one or two years was very much uh, in the news all over the world. I would say in, in, in Latin America, we are, we are used to this problem for a very much longer period. We always had, uh, not all the countries, but a, a lot of countries with hyperinflation, uh, with a devaluation of the, of the local currencies, and uh, often also with uh, governments limiting their access actually to, to hard currency. And I don't know if you heard about Argentina. Argentina last week just announced uh, that all freight payments only can be changed to hard currency 90 days after the date the service has provided. So uh, imagine you are living in a country like Argentina, and uh, which has a hyperinflation and, 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 and a very strong devaluation, and you basically only will access the dollars 90 days after the arrival date of the shipment for every type of company, especially shipping line, airline, us. Uh, this uh, creates a huge... Uh, uh, currency exposure we are having, and uh, these are things we we have to deal with, and uh, we are locally adapting uh, to whatever we can. We have countries, Bolivia, where it's very difficult to get uh, get US dollars. Um, so I think the the important thing is for us, it is something what we are used to. Uh, it is something we always have been able to deal with complying with all the necessary local laws. And uh, so far, we have been able to, to yeah, uh, trade successfully in, in, in this environment. It is, once again, challenging, but I think this is also what somehow characterizes us. No, we, we have a long history in the region. We know how to deal with these things. And uh, I think there we can also be a good advisor, finally, to, to our customers. So... Kind of keeping on this subject a little bit, you know, and speaking of customers, right, in general, right, what what influences their decisions within their supply chains and how they navigate, you know, so to say, the waters, right? What What's important to the customers in the region? I think that's a very good question, Sarah, and, 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 and probably it's not something which is Latin America specific, but uh, I always have the feeling that customers in the area are, are, are very demanding. They expect a very high level of, uh, of service. And uh, most probably in our area, we are not so used to, as in Europe or North America, to dealing a lot with uh, online tools. Um, here, the customers, they like to pick up the phone to actually call you and uh, ask, where's my shipment? What's happening with this? What's happening with that? And uh, we, 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 we have to adapt to this. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's the local market, though I feel this is also changing with the younger generations. And uh, this is the part where we really have to push our, our online and visibility tools because I think there is a, there is a change coming. Um, but yeah, ha having said this... Um, I think there is a demand. Uh, I think you you know, especially as part of our roadmap, uh, we have a certain focus on, on on SME customers and on delivering one excellent customer global service worldwide. 
So we are working very much on 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 standardizing our our services to to fulfill the needs of 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 a high global service standard. But on the other hand, maintaining always a little bit our local flexibility, uh, accommodating to the customers' needs. You know, whatever they need, whatever they want, uh, having a little bit the, the the local touch, so to say. Okay. All right. Good. So. You know, with that, I, I heard you were involved recently um, in a certification called "A Great Place to Work." Would you tell us a little bit, like, what is what is a great place to work? What is the organization? How does it? How does a company get certified? Tell us a little bit more about this and why it's important. Yeah, let, let's start with why, why why it is important. I think uh, what we realized is that uh, our employees are really our 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 biggest asset. So we really have to uh, understand, and, and I think that's part again of our of our roadmap twenty twenty six, the K and experience, and a big part of the K and experience is the employee experience. So. Um, we started the journey with a great place to work. I think now it is uh, three years back. We actually started with a pilot in in Brazil. Um, I would say at a at a relatively small level. Uh, it starts with a survey to actually understand uh, the, the 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 requirements, the feelings of of of, of your employees. Um, we had a first year. One has to say a very very positive result in Brazil. But I think always the most important thing is that you really use the information you get back, that you see where are the pain points and what you can do to, to change it, to, to really improve the, the employee experience. And uh, as I said, we had good uh, results in Brazil. Then we decided to roll it out uh, region-wide. In, uh, I think in the second year, not still all countries could participate. But uh, last year, then we had all countries participating. And actually, all of the 15 countries participating got certified uh, as a great place to work. So, yeah, coming back to this, the second part of your question, what, what, what is it about a great place to work or where, where, where maybe is the benefit? I think if the employee sees that their wishes and needs uh, are somehow attended to and uh, we get a certification as a great place to work, it really creates a, a, a belonging, a sense of belonging, so to say, from the employee to the company. Then there's a thing called the trust index. And I think really... Uh, having this trust index makes the people feel proud of the company they are working for. And I think uh, if you have proud people, you always have uh, and you have this belonging, uh, finally people are more engaged. And if somebody's more engaged in the daily work, the result is better, the performance is better. So basically it is a win-win for both sides. I think uh, the employee is, is, is happy that he feels hurt uh, and uh, we are happy because we, we really have a very, very good performance of our employees. So you had mentioned kind of in our in our last segment talking about the next generation and and the younger folks that are coming into this to a, you know any organization right so is something like this 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 great place to work uh, certification is is this important to them do they value this does this generation value this as well yeah I th- I think so I think uh, first of all it, it is a certification so for you it is a like 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 a good signboard so to say saying that you are certified as a as a great place to work which I think uh, helps you to attract talent so I think especially young generations and with the the needs young generations have in regards to to the changing working in, uh, environment I think this this is helping a lot and and 
gives us access, I think, to to a lot of young talents we probably would not have if we wouldn't have a, a great place to work certification. So I think we're kind of coming toward the end here of our chat. Um, I always love to ask our guests here about forward-looking um, comments. You know, your what does your crystal ball have to say? So tell me, Matthias, you know, what does the rest of 2023 look like for the region of Latin America? Yeah, I think uh, after after the last years, it's it's very difficult uh, for each of us to do predictions in, in regards to what is coming because we realized uh, it is very difficult uh, uh, and nobody wants to put his hand in the fire any longer for, for, for something he may say, you know. But uh, no, on the other hand, I think uh, for us, what as a region is very important, and we talked already a little bit about uh, usage of online tools and whatever, uh, this is something where, where we have to work on. You know, we have to work on, on data quality, on automation, on, 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 on linking to terminals. I think there is really something where we can make a difference. And I think where we are maybe as a region also lacking a little bit behind what you can see in, 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 in other regions. But um, if you ask me what is really my, my, my wish or what, what, what is really where I feel we have to give a push, um, to mention it, I, I was last week in Brazil and you, you, you probably know about our partnership with the Malicia team, uh, which is taking part in the ocean race and with Boris Herrmann, which is a very long-standing partnership and uh, helps us to, to, to raise awareness about uh, the rising temperatures of, of, of the ocean. And uh, we use this event in Brazil not only for inviting our customers, but we also uh, really had um, local school children coming over. We had a very nice event together with the Malicia team, teaching uh, children about uh, climate change and warning. And I think this is something where we have to work on. Uh, I think we as Kuhn Nagel also have great tools in this regard, uh, mentioning just about biofuel usage, which is something which is also in our region not, not, not very common so far. And I think uh, there we really have to give a push, uh, not only for delivering these solutions, but really to create awareness and, and finally to save our planet. Well said. I think that's a, that's a perfect stopping point here. Matthias, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. And I appreciate you here coming on our show. I know it's, I know it's a little scary. Some people say it's scary. I don't think it's scary. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it, it, it is scary. Um, nobody knows what you will be asking. So sometimes it might be a bit challenging. But uh, no, I really enjoyed being here. And Sarah, anytime. Uh, thanks for having me. And if there's anything else uh, we can catch up, please uh, always uh, reach out to me. Of course, of course. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our podcast series, Kudanagel's Shipping Insights. Be sure to follow us as we drop episodes regularly. See you next time. <laughs>